Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. It's John Burke, um, <laughs> back this week with Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Ben Hilligas. How's it going? And this week, um, students everywhere are crying themselves to sleep tonight into their pillows as they get ready to go back to school. Now, some students have been back for a week, like my, my students who might be listening to this. I don't know why. You hear me in class all the time. Don't you get enough of me? Please leave me alone. Well, it's because you're paying them. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's their grade, right? Uh, no, I'm joking. Please don't fire me. So, realistically, though, across the states, uh, college students are moving into their dorm rooms. I've, my Facebook feed has been full of my graduates from last year uh, and their parents with sobbing, you know, type posts of them leaving their kid at their dorm room and it being sad and I'm sad and yet proud to see some of my students going off to college, especially those who were true to me and are in film. Um, those who abandoned film forget you then, but, um, it, it, we thought what better time of year to do our favorite movies about school than today with, uh, everyone getting ready for school or going back to school themselves, or, you know, maybe you're, like 44 and you regret all of your life decisions and you thought to yourself hey me i can go back to school but you're not 44 <laughs> i know i'm 24 <laughs> i'm kidding oh wow you took a lot off um but yeah but we're gonna be getting into uh our favorite movies about school which we have no stipulation so it could be almost any movie as long as school is involved somehow um i know how i approach mine and um I feel I'm pretty excited about my list, and I also think I, I think my list is fairly eclectic minus one. I think there's gonna be one um, that everyone would kind of expect uh, to be on a list like this, but I think my other ones, not that they're completely out of left field or anything, but I don't know that my general sensibilities. I mean, Mike's not here this week; um, he's getting ready for school, kind of thing, uh, as Mike and I are both teachers. Um, but I thought I would I would fill Mike's shoes a little bit and try to have some of the the lesser expected movies on my list still not nearly as obscure as mike probably would have had on his um, i have a feeling that we've probably at least heard of yours yes in fact I, i'm looking at my list and thinking maybe maybe one was an overstatement i probably have two that you would expect <laughs> uh sure on my all list. mine are known yeah and again Which i'm not saying mine i tend to known. go though yeah you know, and there's nothing wrong with that um but and mine i think maybe lesser known is the wrong phrase i think maybe um known but forgotten or known but overlooked when we do these lists because there's some there's some really prestige type films that fall into uh this type of category you know and i think that's what i mean to say um but we'll get into that i want to talk briefly um about Corey's trip to the movie theater today because i haven't heard anything yet i know you went and saw (laughs) annabelle creation and i want to know what you thought no um again i was going to get violent in this movie um and at one point, I said very loudly, Jesus, please just shut up. Oh, to... And this is to the movie? <laughs> no, to, to, to that fellow moviegoers. There were two girls that uh, obviously missed out that the scene kid thing is over. Ah. Um, and then an older guy with another guy that's older than me, but not quite as old as he is. I don't need you to narrate the movie for me. Mm. I can watch it on the screen. But um, I was very pleased with the movie. Um, no secret, I love The Conjuring. Um, 
I liked Conjuring 2 a lot. Also, I was not a fan of Annabelle, um, and I really liked this one. I thought they did a really good job getting back to um, the atmosphere and um, creeping me out again, because, you know, I always look forward to that. And I loved the tie-in that they did to Annabelle. Um, I think that this director should go back and remake Annabelle. I know it's been, like, what, three years? I would yeah. totally support that. Well, there is a... Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't say what there is. Uh, there, He, though, it was back on Douglas Movies this week. Um, oh. In a, in a guest role. Like, he's not on... No, I'm sorry, not as a guest role. As a audience member, again, second time. <gasps> That's um, rad. And Doug, Doug does call you know call him out and talk to him for a minute. But it is, it's pretty funny that uh, this guy's made... The director who made Lights Out, which I showed in class as a short film several years back, uh, made a couple of kids cry. Uh, oh. And then... Um, I was very excited last year when I saw it was going to be a feature, and I went and saw it, and I loved it, despite I had a similar horrible audience experience at Lights Out last year. And then uh, my daughter and I went and saw Annabelle Creation. I still don't love it, but not because of the director. I think I think they forced the story to merge into the universe too much, and I think that hurt the movie more than anything there, else. This mm-hmm. is uh, isn't this his first like real movie they're working with a major motion yeah. picture like, yeah i don't know who who the studio was for lights out but lights out was a uh yeah you know furthering his gotcha. short um where this is a property a huge property a james one uh conjuring universe property um and that's i think i still i'm having issues with the universes in film i like one-offs i don't need everything to be connected yeah um i do like the marvel cinematic universe and so far, I'm not a fan of the DC Cinematic Universe, but I'm willing to give that a chance with Justice League again. Maybe they can write the ship with Joss Whedon at the helm, but right. um, I don't need every single movie that comes out to be a part of a universe, and we've already I... had The Mummy fail, and The Conjuring definitely makes it, like it makes some sense, but they're really forcing the Annabelle one in there, and then there's going to be the Nun movie later, um, I think this year, but it might be next year that The Nun comes out, um, which is from Conjuring 2, and... Um... Sorry, I'm no. gonna butt in because I keep saying um. Please. Um, again, there you haven't seen Dead Silence yet. Everybody in the entire free world knows that I'm a big fan of that movie, and it's also James Wan. And there is a scene in Annabelle that was straight up out of Dead Silence. Oh, cool. Um, I won't talk about which one because I really want you to see Dead Silence. It's on my list. Um, <laughs> there is a part that I thought was super cheesy. Um, with when it's revealed sorry guys spoilers 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 um where we see like the light the eyes like start burning and it's like the demon i thought that was pretty cheesy um yeah i mean i i, I thought it was scaryish. there was another part um with the little girl scream something about my soul that felt real cheesy too uh to me yeah um but overall i did think it was a well-made film i thought the atmosphere of the film was very good um but that said, um, I went and saw Logan Lucky today and had a very different experience with my audience than you had. I was the only person <laughs> in the audience, so I was very respectful. But I also have to say, I'll be honest, there were a few times where I was talking out loud to myself because <laughs> I knew I couldn't bother like it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I texted during the movie. I texted no, during the trailers. the trailers. But I also sit in the back row so that my, my phone would not bother people um, normally. Because sometimes I do take notes if it's something I'm really, you know, for review purposes, I need more information when I walk away from it. But um, but I don't normally do that. But every once in a while, if there's a film that'll, that calls for it. But uh, Logan Lucky doesn't. It's very good, but it's definitely um, 
it's Steven Soderbergh's kind of return to form, and it definitely is reminiscent of Ocean's Eleven in a lot of ways because um, it is a heist movie. It's I thought it would be funnier, but I kind of found myself not willing to laugh at the southern accents because th- I feel like that was where the humor, because you're looking yes. at like Channing Tatum and Adam Driver and, uh, oh man, how did my brain forget his name? The James Bond guy? James Bond guy, D- Daniel Craig. And um, they're doing accents that you know they don't have, especially Adam Driver. Adam Driver, I thought his accent was funny. Mm-hmm. But then I was like reminded of that that... I've been pointed out to myself even. I used to be very bad whenever I would try to do like a voice to imply that I don't know what I'm doing. I would go to a southern voice. And it was pointed out to me a while back and I've I've tried to stop doing it. And I, other comedians do it all the time. It's this go-to voice. And that's what I feel like a lot of the humor was was kind of relying on was like us laughing at their countryness and <laughs> that it implied they were stupid yet they're doing very intelligent things for the most part. Or at least things that would require quite a bit of intelligence. Um, even sometimes they're not, but so like, I don't know if it's just me and maybe the atmosphere of the world we're in right now where I didn't find that to elicit the laughs, or at least I was conscious of it being the reason I would laugh versus it being like something funny actually happening, you know, on the trailer, it it seemed like they were relying too much on the accent. Yeah. And from really punch the, you know, make a punch. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but again, it was really well acted. I thought the heist was, it, again, it was very reminiscent of Ocean's Eleven structurally as far as the narrative goes. Like, um, But I, I, I liked it. However, I've, I've heard that it's doing really bad in the box office. And my theater isn't always a good place to tell how it's doing in the actual world. Um, you know, sometimes movies don't do well here, but do well everywhere else. And uh, But apparently, no, it's uh, Hitman's Bodyguard is doing well, but um, Logan's Lucky is not. I'm sorry, Logan Lucky. But that said, we need to get to our top five because we end up going a little long. We've already spent a few minutes talking about other movies. So, again, we're going to be talking about our top five movies about school in honor of everyone returning to form and back into the classroom. But before we do that, Corey? Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler warning. We might possibly ruin these movies for you. If you want to go to BerkReviews.com and check out our list first, you can do that or full steam ahead. Now, Corey, maybe you can help me because I don't re- quite remember. Who went first last week? I can't remember. It wasn't me. I think I went second. Well, then, I think it was Mike went first and then me and then you. That would have been weird because Mike went first the week before. Mm-hmm. Okay, then don't talk. Don't ask. But I have the I, worst I like memory I, ever. I felt like I went last last week, but maybe I went first last week. So um, why don't we let our guests go first oh. since this will be uh, – who knows, Ben's, go- Ben's off to school tomorrow, so he's not going to be around much. Who knows, he might show back up on an episode or two as we go through the year, but... I'm going to ask for a raise. Oh, snap. Well, then you're definitely <laughs> off the show. Uh, no! <laughs> solely because I... I, I retract that then. Never okay. mind. Why? He gets paid nothing, so oh. it could be like that M&M's commercial where you can be like, yes, we'll double your pay. Ah, valid point. Math math against me yet again today. Um, oh, all right, Ben, you're going to start us off with your favorite, or your not necessarily your favorite, but your top five movies about school. Definitely not my favorite by any stretch of the uh, imagination. Um, in fact, this is actually one that's kind of like I, I cringe at, <laughs> which is which is odd because it is on my top five. Um, but it could just be because of uh, it, it reminds me of a better time where this actor was much better at what he did. Uh-huh. Um, and that is uh, it's Waterboy with Adam ah. Sandler. 
the water boy and uh, uh adam sandler especially here recently has gotten this uh uh reputation of well his his comedic level i guess has kind of dropped off here in the last few years um anywho uh what the the water boy the plot line uh goes as such a water boy for a college football team discovers he has a unique tackling ability and becomes a member of his team of the team um it has a 41 on Metascore, which is uh, about accurate, I would say. A 6.1 on IMDb, and a 35% on the, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and and I just found this out today. Uh, Waterboy, until The Blind Side came out in '09, I think. Uh, Waterboy was the highest-grossing football slash oh, wow. sports film of all time. That what? is funny. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, I think it grossed like 120 million or something like that. Uh, oh no, 161 million. Um, so number five, Waterboy. Well, now I have a fun fact because um, there is a scene in this movie that I've always loved, which is uh, when he tackles Colonel Sanders, as he calls him, which is his, <laughs> his teacher. I had a New Testament class in the classroom uh, that he tackles that professor in at Florida Southern College. So if you are a student at Florida Southern listening to this podcast and you happen to be in one of those classrooms and you're like, this looks familiar. Yeah, it was used for the Waterboy, and most of the football scenes were filmed at USF, uh, USF Stadium. Citrus Bowl, actually. Oh, was it the Citrus Bowl? Yeah. I was mistaken. I apologize. UCF Stadium. Uh, does, that's accurate, right? UCF plays at the Citrus Bowl. I don't think so. Somebody played at the Citrus Bowl. That's why it exists. I think they used to have like college football bowl games there, but I don't think True. there's any college huh. that plays there right well, now. Well, I'll be darned. Um, there was a high school that used to play there not too long ago because their school was restructuring their stadium, but they lost that. Um that luxury of having a gigantic stadium for a high school football game. But, um, yeah, I, I always enjoyed the water boy. It's been a long time since I last watched it. Um, there's some really good actors in it. Uh, you know, his normal guys are in it. And then, uh, you got Henry Winkler, who was a, a Sandler regular for a little while, but Kathy Bates is the mom. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, the first, I think it said the first movie that Henry Winkler was in the first Adam Sandler, uh, movie Henry okay. Winkler was because he shows up in Little Nicky as a cameo as himself, uh, which is funny. Um, and then he shows up. What movie? Oh, in Don't Mess with the Zohan, he rides in the limo and uh, he goes for quite the, quite the ride. Um, I am versed in Sandler films pre, uh, grown ups sp- specifically, but um, Corey, are you a fan of The Water Boy? It's okay. Um, not one that I would probably go back and revisit, but. Like, my brother loved him growing up, so I've seen most of his movies. And I liked Feruza Balk in this one. Yeah. Um, so, Which, it's not horrible. Interesting. I was just looking at her, because I, I didn't... I don't think I ever knew the actress's name. Um, <gasps> she's like, from Craft. She's from the Craft. No, I knew I knew what she was from. I just didn't know her name. Um, <laughs> but uh, reading her profile, I think her name's pronounced Turquoise, or it is Turquoise in Farsi, I guess is more accurate. Um, oh, it's listed. So I was like, I, I was skimming it. I wasn't reading it. Now I'm thinking it probably doesn't say turquoise. Probably means turquoise, but it, it was in <laughs> quotation marks. So I was like, maybe that's how you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm not always the smartest. Uh, I have good moments. Um, all right, that's you mean well. Ben's number five. I will. Uh, I'm gonna reserve mine for last and let Corey go next. Oh, so, okay. Even though, because again, I don't remember what last week's was, so we're just gonna write the ship. Say. We're gonna start a new, start a new rotation. Order. Yes, Corey, what do you have for number five? Number five, um, I have 
2002's Emperor's Club. I have talked about this uh, at some point, I think on this podcast with you and Mike um, before, but Kevin Klein plays William Hundert, a classics history teacher at a boys prep school. Um, and I actually watched this film in my ethics class, which has been one of my favorite classes through my 30-year college <laughs> career. Um not really that long guys but um (laughs) i just love that it kind of shows that um he decides to give this boy a chance um they're going up for a competition in school and it's the three highest uh students that make the highest scores on like a oh my gosh words a paper so he changes one of the boys um grades on his paper so that he can become part of this um Thing. And he ends up finding out that the boy is cheating in front of the whole school. He's a senator's son. So he's privileged, spoiled, you know. Um, and his headmaster tells him not to say anything, just to let it go on. And he wins the competition. He's cheating. He has, they're having to wear togas, and he has like all the answers written on note cards inside of his toga. And he's like making these, he's like brandishing his arms and stuff um, each time he's going to answer a question. And this doesn't sit well with him because he, he's really, um, he believes in moral, being morally right and stuff like this. But the boy gets away with it. Um, and the boy ends up finding out that he knows that he knew that he cheated. And he um, goes on later on in life. He's this boy is going to run for senator, and he invites the professor back to his home now to do this competition again because he supposedly wants to do it right. But he ends up cheating again, and it comes out in front of his own son. Oh, and man. just that it kind of shows that uh, people don't change. That kind of at the, you know, the root of who they are. Is Emil Hirsch the kid that cheats? Ooh, baby Emil Hirsch. I know the last name is Bell. Yeah, it is. Um, yep. Okay. And then, but it looks like Paul Dano and Jesse Eisenberg are also in this movie, which makes me want to see it because I'm I'm a huge Paul Dano fan, and I like Jesse Eisenberg. I don't love him in everything. Um, you but when he's Lex cast Luthor. well, he is good. Yes, correct. Uh, Zombieland being a great example. Um, but yeah, that's one I've never really heard of, and I I feel like if you mentioned it, I would have remembered it, but I don't. But it could just be that we've done a lot of these episodes, and so it just got lost in the uh, the good old list. But Emil Hirsch, um, I'm not. I haven't seen too many of his movies, but I did watch Lord of Dogstown, Lords of Dogtown. Oh, he was in um, Into the Wild. I've not seen Into the Wild, really? and I've not okay. seen oh, uh, Speed Racer, Milk too. which he's also in Speed Racer. <laughs> um, and I've not seen Milk. I have a lot of movies I still need to watch, guys. I've seen a lot, but not all. Um, I have had milk on my list for a long time. It's yeah. a sad thing. And Into the Wild oh. I've had, but it's really long. That's why anything over two hours, yeah. I end up pushing, 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 pushing back. Um, also, he was an alpha dog, Johnny True Love. And I still haven't watched that all the way. I started that. Holy um, heck. I started that in the airport last year, uh, and I realized quickly that it was not a appropriate movie to watch on an iPad in an airport. So... I decided to save it, and I just, just haven't got back to it. Just wave it around. Yeah, everybody, look at this scene. <laughs> look at this. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I, I assume Ben, you've also not seen that movie. No, I am. It is completely lost on me. I've already forgot the name. What is it, Corey? <gasps> Emperor's Club. <laughs> Emperor's. I added it to my uh, to watch list, but um, on like the literal list on IMDb. But hmm. 
I, as soon as I hit back on the uh, the old IMDb to go to my movie, the the title was gone. So uh, let's see what happens. But that said, let's get into my number five. And I think you guys may have seen this one. And I picked this movie because the teacher in it reminds me of me. And other, to be fair, I, I definitely feel like I've, I channel this particular actor quite a bit. And I've had the comparison. He has more hair than I do, unfortunately, for myself. But nonetheless... I went with 2003's School of Rock. Um, Jack Black, and particularly the character he plays, Dewey Finn. I mean, I was a rock musician for a long time who became a teacher. Could there be a character written about me anymore? Probably not. Um, But if you've never seen School of Rock, it is a fun, endearing movie. In fact, it's been turned into a Broadway musical that I've heard is pretty great as well. Um, It stars Jack Black, Joan Cusack, um, a bunch of kids who are very talented. Sarah Silverman's in it. Mike White, who is also the co-writer, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to confirm that. Yep, Mike White is... Oh, I'm sorry, not the co-writer, just the writer. And the biggest shock to me, I learned not long ago, was who the director was. Because it's Richard Linklater. What? And I never, ever in a million years would have thought School of Rock was directed by Richard Linklater. Um, Not because it's bad, just because of the type of movies I associate with Linklater, with like slackers. Are really long. Um, not even necessarily long, but they're very, they very rarely follow a strict narrative, um, dazed and confused. Everybody wants some, you know, those, those are more just studies of a moment or a situation and they're not always really like a driving storyline. And there definitely is in this movie. And that's not to say he's not capable of doing it, but it just seems like this is a, a more standard film than I generally would associate with Linklater. Um, but all the all the more reason to, to like this movie. It, it has a, a credible director behind it. It's not some, you know, random studio guy who's just doing it for a paycheck. Um, Jack Black, I think, maybe gives the best performance that he gives. Um, I, I'm a fan of him in general, but I love this character. Um, I like the music in the movie quite a bit, uh, even if some of the lyrics are a little cheesy. It works for the, the time period because it's, it's a kid-friendly movie for the most part. You know, it's it's something that... Um, I really enjoy. I did start a music club at my high school a few years back um, for like rock musicians. I uh, didn't didn't keep it going, but I did. Ha- the The kids that formed the band the first year um, kept going the second year and are still going uh, five years oh, later wow. and playing shows locally at uh, local bars and stuff. Um, they're called the Shades. I'm going to give them a plug. Um, and uh, you know, I this movie definitely inspired me to do that. Um, to a degree even you know teaching i always kind of i'm kind of frantic like jack black in some ways so um when we were doing this list there was no way i could leave school of rock off because uh he learned the lesson from the kids throughout the movie and of course they they turned that into a funny joke as he says i know i've uh i've touched your kids and (laughs) they've touched me and the parents of course lose their mind because they don't know that he means like emotionally not uh sexually um so it's it's a funny and awkward scene and uh but legitimately i feel like that's what a good classroom is is that you the kids inspire the teacher as much as the teacher inspires the kids and um it's a symmetry everything keeps working towards the goal so i really enjoy this movie it's been a while since i've watched it it even has young uh miranda cos cosgrove yeah um, who would then become I, um i carly where she would really become super famous oh well i mean Drake and Josh. I, I didn't watch Drake and Josh, um, but she that was, was my jam growing up. Th- and this was before that, I believe, too. And um, 
I don't think any of the other kids have really done anything big. I know the kid that played uh, Zach had an album, and he was. Um, I don't. I don't think it lasted though. And from last I looked, they just had a reunion a couple years back. I guess it was four years back. Wow, that time flies. They actually um, played the the song at the end, all together again. Uh, that video? I I think I have. It's been a, a, been four years though. Um, so it goes to show me. I wasn't maybe. sure when they did it. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, I assume it was like the ten year because it'd be weird to do like twelve year reunion. So <laughs> twelve and a half year. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, School of Rock. Corey, you got anything to uh, say about School of Rock? Never seen this movie. What? Wow. <laughs> I am shocked at you for this one. Do you not like Jack Black? He's okay. I just haven't ever been, you know. Whatever to well, watch I, this movie. Were you not a fan of Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black? Me? Yeah. No. Um, didn't didn't hate it or anything, but it definitely wasn't on my radar. I think I've only seen parts of it. Are, um, are we counting Kung Fu Panda? Because that's a. I like Kung Fu Panda. Um, I like. Uh, I loved. I am a Tenacious D fan, so I love the movie despite it being kind of. I wouldn't say it's bad. I think it's if you're a Tenacious D fan, I think it does what you want it to do. Um. I didn't say, but uh, School of Rock has an 82 Metacritic score and a 7.1 user score, so that's it's it's really well received. And again, it's Richard Linklater. I feel like a director that um, exploring his work while sometimes very challenging. Like I still have not watched Boyhood because it's like almost three hours long, and uh, I've heard mixed reviews. Um, I have not watched uh, the Before series, which uh, the, or the Before trilogy, which I own and plan to watch, but. Um, I've not gotten to those yet, and uh, I am not a big fan of Everybody Wants Some, but um, I didn't hate it either. I just didn't I didn't get into it. So, you know, and you've seen School of Rock, Ben? Yes. Yes, I have. Do you? Are you a fan? I mean, um, oh. No, I mean, it, it, it is, it's one of those that I did. Um, I was a big fan of, you know, when it was, when it came out. Um, but, you know, at that time I was seven or eight or – <laughs> uh, which does, which I'm not saying that to say it, it, you can only like it if you're that age. Of course not. Um, but it had a different appeal to me at the time, I guess. Yeah. So I guess I'd have to – I can still remember scenes from it, but I think I'd have to go back and rewatch it just to yeah, fully – I feel like I might have watched it in, like, 2013, like in the reunion time. I think it might have been on regular TV, and I watched part of it or some of it. Um, there's some really funny parts. I love. I still though. Immigrant song from uh, from Led Zeppelin. Um, he sings along with it, and it's still. Anytime I hear that song, all I can do is think of that sequence. So, um, all right, that's my number five. Let's get into Ben's number four. We are flying through this. Um, this is uh, another one that again is not one of my favorites, but um, as far as school movies go, it's one of the most famous. Um, and that it's Na- Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and uh, I feel like, uh, you know what, let me just, uh, sorry, let me pull this up real quick because I want to get this right. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite is about a listless and alienated teenager that decides to help his new friend win the class presidency in their small western high school while he must deal with his bizarre family life back at home. Um, and, of course, this stars uh, John Heater and... John Grease and Aaron Ruel, and then Efren Ramirez plus Pedro. Um, and this is a this was one of the one of the ones that when it came out, uh, it came out in two thousand four, and everything in it was kind of lost on me. Like it it, <laughs> it had this instant like 
well, not instant, but th- this cult following. And all my friends would like quote different lines from it, like uh, Napoleon, give me your tots. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I would just have no clue like what they were talking about. Um, and I I want to say it was actually closer to like 2011 or 2010, somewhere around there, where I actually watched it all the way through for the first time. Uh, and it was good. Um, and and looking at the numbers, it's actually incredibly impressive. Uh, the budget on the movie was four hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and they filmed it in twenty two days, and they made oh. forty four million off of it. Yeah, super indie that went very very big cult success. Obviously, it it made uh, John Heater's career. This mm-hmm. was his first film, and and pretty much every work he's gotten is in res- as a result of this movie. Um, he seems to have kind of faded out. I think he was on a commercial recently or for oh. something. Well, when you start doing commercials, that's when eh, you know. Not always. <laughs> Sam Jackson does some credit card commercials. Well, uh, you're either a really big star or yeah. a star that Matthew McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey's <laughs> doing the Lincoln. Um, yeah. al- although the McConaughey does seem to be fading. But um, I actually just went and I took my daughter at the beginning of the summer uh, with um, Mike and his kids. And we went and saw uh, Napoleon Dynamite at the Polk Theater in Lakeland, um, which I found out. Do, do you know there's a post credit scene? No. Okay, I had seen this movie probably four times and never knew there was a post credit scene until my, we, I went to leave. Mike said, "What are you doing? You got to see the post credits." I'm like, "There's there's a post credit scene," and uh, um, it's the wedding. His his brother Kip and the the mm. woman are getting La married. Lafonda La and Napoleon <laughs> rides up on a horse. Um, <laughs> it's I don't remember all of it honestly, but I was very surprised. I'm like, I would know never right have known. <laughs> This was in this movie. Um, no one's ever told me about it. So if you've ever watched Napoleon and not sat through the credits, it's time to go back to it. Um, definitely a really good high school movie. I love uh, – there's so many funny, weird, quirky moments. The dance sequence is easily my favorite part in mm-hmm. um, the time machine. I find the time machine thing pretty funny just because, wow. <laughs> like, you really fell for that. Okay. Um, but, Corey, you've seen Napoleon, right? Nope. And now oh. that I live in Idaho, I absolutely refuse. Is it set in Idaho? Yeah. I yeah. Did, I never put that together. The, the town that it's actually set in has a, or it had a um, uh, big town like party, like an annual party mm-hmm. uh, oh, where God. people would dress up as the characters and they would have oh. like tater tot eating contests. That's and stuff amazing. Like that. um, you do know who the uh, the opening song is by, right, Corey? No. Because they did um, We're Going to Be Friends from the White Stripes is the opening song. What? Yeah, so you might want to give it a chance. Uh, it's probably better than you think it is. Uh, John Heater's entire salary for this? You want to take a guess at what it was? I'm going to go with 50000 Okay. Uh, I was going to say twenty, but she went she went high. 1000 Oh, wow. $1,000. But I still went over, so price is right. $1,000? He made 1000 bucks On Maybe a $44 million movie. Did he have profit sharing? Because if not... I hope so. I mean... Um, Man, poor I guy. Well, Jared Hess, the director and writer of Napoleon, which this was another movie that started as a short that got adapted into a, a feature. The short's weird. Have you ever watched the short? No, it's I in not. black and white, and um, he's with what I think you could say is because there's the scene where Pedro's cousins take him to get his date for uh, the dance. Mm-hmm. So I think you're he's kind of with those guys, but they're not the same actors. But that's like two Hispanic guys that. Um, are his friends and they they go to a, a pawn shop and they're just like browsing the clothes like that's what I remember of the short. That's the entire short. That's what I remember. Oh, okay. Um, he now Jer- interestingly Jared Hess also did Nacho Libre, which is a um, I say interestingly because it's a Jack Black movie. Um, he did Masterminds last uh, 2016, which I could not get into. I found it very hard to enjoy any part of it. 
Um, he is, uh, he did Gentleman Broncos, which I liked. Um, I, I, well, kind of liked. And that's, I think, the gist of it. But, um, yeah, I, I think you should check Napoleon out, though, Corey. It's, it's got some really great stuff. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie. It has a 64 on Metacritic, so it's, it's above average. Um, but a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's more entertaining than not. Uh, there's definitely some cringy moments, but it's supposed to be for the most part. That's right. kind of the the, the a, premise. It's an awkward comedy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Gosh. It's all about being awkward. You will feel the secondhand awkwardness for sure. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh it's, no! It's a it's a, sh- a social awkward. I yeah. Feel like I get enough of that living in Idaho, but. I mean, it's your own private place. <laughs> I wish the River Phoenix were here. Oh, Anyways. I mean, he'd be a zombie <laughs> but not now. But, zombie. Uh, zombie River Phoenix. <laughs> not okay. Um. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Just starts acting again. That was completely tasteless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Corey. Uh, what do you got for number four, Corey? Okay, my number four um, is 1997's Goodwill Hunting. Ah, yes. Okay. Um, I have only seen this once as an adult, and I watched some of it when I was a kid with my dad. He was a fan because of Robin Williams, but, um, I'm not really a fan of Matt Damon. Oh yeah. Um, but I really like him in this movie a lot. Um, he, I feel like everyone kind of knows about this movie, but, um, has his BFF Ben Affleck in it and Ben's younger brother, Casey, mini driver, um, Stellan Skarsgård, um, directed by Gus Van Sant. Um, and and written by Matt and Ben. Wow, yes. This is where they like got their start, correct? No, Kevin Smith is where they got their start. Um but I mean oh. if you're gonna Ben be shows up in Mall Rats in ninety five. I'm just pointing it out. Um Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry. But but again this is the movie that made them. Yes, this is what started the it took them from, you know, doing indie film with Kevin Smith to uh the mainstream. Even though this also was a Miramax film, which is where Kevin Smith movies were all found at home. This is an area oh. that I know a lot about. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thanks. Um, it follows... It, Matt Damon plays a low-key genius um, that ends up working... He is a janitor at MIT, which is a prestigious college, um, but he doesn't use his potential, and he, even after is kind of discovered, he tries to not, I guess, live up to it. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, I don't know what else to I, say about it. I've been needing to rewatch this. I saw it, I think, before I graduated high school, um, <clears throat> and I don't think I've watched it again. Not be- I actually loved it. This was a movie that I, in high school I would have normally avoided. I, don't, I didn't watch a lot of dramas. Um, I preferred comedies and action movies when I was in high school. as I felt like they were more of an escapist than you know dwelling in the world that I already was feeling very cynically sad about. So... I generally didn't watch dramas. Um, this one somehow snuck its way into my VCR at the time, and I loved it. Um, I own it now. I just um, I've watched clips since then. I've just not rewatched it all the way. But it's one that I know I I feel like I would connect with even more now um, than I did as a kid. But uh, I, I, it's a great movie. It's obviously a classic. Seventy on Metacritic, eight point three IMDb score. Um, I'm a huge Robin Williams fans uh, Williams fan, and realistically. Um, I went through a little stint of denial because he did do some, he did some mediocre movies for a while there. He did like the, uh, the movie with John Travolta 
and they 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 have a business. I remember a gorilla holding Seth Green. I don't remember what it's called. Um, it sounds amazing though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's an odd one. Um, and you know he did Flubber, which I never really watched, but it just looked it was a kids movie, so I never was compelled to see it. But I've I've uh, recent since his passing, I've I've uh, gone back into a lot of his work, and this is one that I I know he does a great job in this movie, and I have watched uh, some of his big scenes on YouTube and stuff since his passing but it's a movie that i i definitely want to get back into so i've said that like seven times so ben what is your thoughts on goodwill hunting this is actually i would put this movie in my top 10 of all time oh wow i uh i'm a really big fan of this movie and um, somehow it did not make your top five well i didn't think about I, I didn't think that there was in my the way i saw it i didn't think there was enough like as far as school goes yeah i, I definitely looked more towards just the uh, robin williams uh, matt damon dynamic because he's, right. he's his therapist um i i did that with my list too i was weighing like how significant is the school to the premise and i'm not we're not here to say Corey's list is wrong by any means um but just maybe why it's not on his list and i honestly kind of because again i've only seen this movie the one time all the way through it's not as high up on my list it's one that i feel like it probably can be but i need to go back to it I purposely didn't ask for stipulation. Yeah, no, and again, I th- I think that's kind of the fun of the list is when you think about school movies, what comes to your mind? He works at a school. He gets into they br- try to bring him into the school mm-hmm. because he's so smart. So it's definitely school related. Um, well, and I I definitely did. I thought about putting it on my mm-hmm. list, but I, I just talked myself out of it. Yeah, exactly. So it's in no way are we saying Corey that you suck at this. No, um, it is your list is all wrong. It, it is. Uh, <laughs> An interesting thing is when you think about school, because, I mean, the theme of uh, living up to your potential, isn't that what we're constantly telling students is like, we see so much potential in you and you're not living up to your potential. Those students who are, are pushing back against the system, we often try to reel them in with that quote. And it's true, I would say more times than it's not. But is that like the potential doesn't always like they, they probably weren't sitting there doubting themselves like, oh, I can't be anything. So I'm not. It's something else. There's something else going on, and that's what Goodwill Hunting really is too. It's like, yeah, I know I'm smart. It's just not what I want. Like he, like you said, Corey, he pushes back. I, I really want to revisit that movie. Um, I'm going in a very different direction with my number four, um, and one that I know is not on either of your list. And fans of this movie will be probably happy that it's getting some conversation. I don't think either of you have seen this, but it's on Netflix, or at least it was. And this is from 2000. It's called Battle Royale. So, nope. Battle Royale um, got a lot of buzz after The Hunger Games did well because a lot of people claim that it ripped the story from Battle Royale. See, here's the premise. Um, it is a Japanese movie, um, and so it, is, it does have subtitles. Uh, in the future, the Japanese government captures a class of ninth grade students and forces them to kill each other under the revolutionary Battle Royale account. Um, or is it a act? I'm sorry, act. I don't know why I thought that was an abbreviation, but... Um, it has an 81 on Metacritic. It is violent. It is brutal. And in it's an interesting kind of you know dystopian movie. Um, these kids are forced to uh, kill each other. So back to school, it, it's most brutal, right? <laughs> like, um, I wanted that class. Oh, yeah? Uh, you have to fight for it. So well, can I just read the first, the first sentence off of the storyline on IMDb? Sure. The first sentence is probably the most epic thing I've ever read. 42 students, three days, one deserted island. Welcome to Battle Royale. Yeah, it's an intense movie from the get-go. There's some uh, The kids get 
uh, weapons given to them, much like in well, different from Hunger Games because they're given weapons. But like some of the weapons are really bad versus other weapons. Like a kid gets a frying pan, that's his weapon. <laughs> so it's just like, wait a minute, that guy's got what a is gun. What is that Just deflect the bullets with it. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. The, the stuff comes into play. It's it's really well acted. Um, I need to rewatch it. There and there is a second one, but I've heard it, it has a four point seven IMDb score on the second one, but a seven seven on the first. Uh, this movie. Um, I'd heard a lot about because of uh, Hunger Games, and I, I ended up watching it um, last summer. And uh, I, I'm just scrolling through the IMDb. The tagline that they have listed first is, Today, I killed my best friend. So it's a dark movie. This is a very, you know, it's dark because it's dealing with murder and it's dealing with, you know, young innocence young. and dealing yeah. with this situation. Um, there's some horrific scenes. There's some f- crazy scenes. And the story is really intriguing um again it's not exactly the same as hunger games but definitely the uh the the games part of hunger games does seem to have ripped this off quite a bit um but if you haven't seen it last i checked it was on netflix and i do recommend it again it's very violent so don't go in thinking it's gonna be like oh it'll be cute and no it's it's brutal and again it's it jumps into it pretty quick i'd say a lot faster than the hunger games uh and there is no like oh, she sacrificed herself for her sister, like, happiness. is no, no, no. This is just brutal. They have no say in this. They got sucked into a world of, of evil, and some of the kids really embrace it. Um, other kids don't. And so as a teacher, it's kind of horrifying to watch the kids who really, like, ha-ha, this is what I've really been waiting for. I'm going to live up to my potential. So, well, uh, <laughs> Could have been social, uh, serial killers like out in the yeah, wide world. Maybe so. that was their potential. I, don't know. I, I forget. I, I don't remember what the winner gets, but they do get something. To live. They get, well, to, they get leave to live. The island. Stay alive. That is definitely true. I mean, like in Hunger Games, they get a whole bunch of like, you know, they get to live this glorious kind of life unless you, you know, piss off the president and then he makes you fight again. But that's Battle Royale that's from 2000. Open Rebellion. Yeah. I highly uh, recommend checking it out if, again, you like action movies and you don't mind subtitles. All right. Uh, ben, we're on to your number three, sir. Oh, crap. Uh-oh. I did not realize it got that far. We rotate. <laughs> okay. Um, number three, uh, Burke, I know this is one of your favorite movies because I know you've taught it a couple times. I'm oh. pretty sure you've taught it a couple times. Um, this is 1985's Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Um, which stars uh, Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly and Christopher Lloyd as uh, Dr. Brown. That's not Emmett what he Brown. goes by, is Emmett it? Brown. Doc Brown. No. What are you reading? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I just, I've, I've gotten so used to referring to him as just Doc mm. that I've, I've never cared to look at what his name was. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Emmett Brown. Um, it's, uh, it's Marty McFly. Um, a 17-year-old high school student who's accidentally sent back 30 years into the past in a time-traveling DeLorean invented by his close friend, the maverick scientist, Dr. Brown. Um, this is a... Uh, this is a good... I'm going to be honest. I've only watched this, like, twice. Ah. Um, and, I mean, both times I've, I've absolutely loved it. Uh, but I can't really take much liberty in... in doing it justice in my explanation of it. Okay. Um, so I'm not even, I'm going to leave that to you guys to really get into the <laughs> nitty gritty of it. Um, mostly cause I, I want, it is, it is a great movie. I've enjoyed it both times I've watched it, but I just don't want to, you know, um, ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 
I'll say, um, I don't remember what episode. I, I've talked about this movie. Back to Future is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. The trilogy is probably maybe my favorite trilogy. It's hard to put anything above Star Wars. I almost feel like Star Wars just is an automatic, and it's not in my movie list because it's Star Wars. Um, but Back to the Future uh, 1 in particular, um, I, I've always I've shaped part of my teaching strategy from their teacher only in that I call kids who aren't li- doing what they're supposed to be doing slackers um, with the most endearing, loving way of saying the word slacker. But it's a word that I've used since I started teaching and outside of that too. But um, it's definitely, a, it's a, he's in high school. He has a high school sweetheart. He wrecks his parents' high school sweetheartness and has to fix it. So yeah, Which high school. is awkward at points. Yeah, very <laughs> yes. at some points. Uh, some of the best parts in the movie are like that. Oh my God, yeah. it's your son. Don't touch your son. Yeah. Um, I, I've said, I mean, I've, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, I've said tons and tons of things about this movie. It really legitimately is one of my favorites. I love Michael J. Fox. I love the characters. I love the premise. Um, and yet not once did it even make it to my list. Like even on the honorable mentions, I never even kinda, thought about this movie. for Kind of a tangent, but do you know if the ride is still, it? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it isn't. It, it was replaced with the Simpsons ride. Oh really? That's a little upsetting. It, yeah, it is. they still have the. Uh, I think the DeLorean's still there. They still have the train from the third movie, though the uh, the the time machine version of the train, um, still out there by where the Simpsons ride is now. Um, which it is. It's the Simpsons area is really fun, and if you were a Simpsons fan, getting to go to like Moe's and get a flaming Homer or a Duff beer, which isn't. I don't. Maybe the Duff is actual real. But yeah, I think they have real Duff beer. Um, and then you can get a crusty uh, burger and stuff like that. So if you're a Simpsons fan, they really gave you the whole Simpsons experience. So it's it's cool for that. But I wish they hadn't replaced Back to the Future with it. Like I wish it was something else that got replaced, like Quake. Yeah, or you know anything Twister. Twister's I mean, good. Come on, <laughs> the Mummy ride yeah. that they now are going to have to rebrand to the new Mummy with Tom Cruise. Like I don't know, but um, <laughs> Corey, you're a fan of Back to the Future. Do you have anything to add? No. Whatever, Corey. You know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've talked about it a lot, but you guys know I was a big fan of Michael J. Fox growing up. Um, I want to revisit. Is it the Frighteners? Yeah, I, I still love that movie. That's a Peter Jackson s- film. It's a Peter. Seen Jackson. that in a really long time, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, Michael J. Fox is uh, a psychic, but he uses um, his powers to kind of manipulate people and get money. But um, and then, That's understandable. A a <laughs> string of murders tied to a ghost start happening, and he kind of has is forced to confront a fear from the past um it's very it's very good i i still love that movie um there's some really cool visuals there's a lot it's a dark comedy so while it's scary at moments it's also there's tons of laughs and uh, for a second i thought you were talking about back to the future and i was like oh, that no, no, is no. not a dark comedy well if eric roberts had his way it would have been a very dark movie but i did uh i read that christopher lloyd um he uh has had talked about uh, always wanting to do a, another Back to the Future yeah. of um, Doc and Marty McFly going back to ancient Rome. Oh wow! Which oh. I'm I'm kind of interested in, kind of not. I mean, I, well, it'd be really hard now for Michael to do it, but yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I don't know if you know Ben. I went to the film festival this past, uh, you know, back in April, and Leah Thompson, who plays the mom, mm-hmm. uh, came to do a Q and A, and they showed Back to the Future, which was my first time getting to see the first one in the theater. But then I got to stay for a Q&A with her, which was pretty great. So um, very awesome uh, experience I got to have for being such a big fan of that movie. So, all right. Ben's number three is Back to the Future. Um, and Corey's number three is? 
Dun dun dun! Another Richard Linklater that you um I already said mentioned huh? earlier. <laughs> yep. 1993's Days and Confused, which this one takes place the last day of school. Um, I loved Mitch growing up. Um, thought his character was awesome. I love Rory Cochran in this. Um, it's Jeremy London, right? Jason. I get the Jason one. London. Jason London. Okay, whatever happened to those guys? Well, but, um, two years after this movie, he would do Mallrats with Kevin Smith. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, all right, all right, all right, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, love him in this. Uh, Marissa Rabisi. I love Parker Posey in this. She is a nutcase, and when she is hazing those kids, um, the junior high students that are going to be going into high school the next year, because um, Parker Posey and uh, her group are becoming the seniors, so they could haze them. Um, I think that that's just crazy, and I'm so glad I never had to be hazed. Oh, <sighs> but it's just a fun movie. Okay, wait. Now I'm re- I'm wondering if it's Jeremy London who is in. Mall no, it's Rats. Jason London. I brought it back up. Sorry. No, I meant for Mallrats though. Oh, oh. Because I was sure it was him, but now I'm like, oh wait a minute, am I wrong? I didn't it's see. It's Jeremy. Jeremy. And Mallrats. Jeremy's and Mallrats. Okay, well my bad then. Um, I knew they they are clearly brothers. Um, but that man, that's funny because when I was watching Days and Confused, I could have swore that was him. They look so much alike. But to be fair, Joey uh, Lauren Adams is in Mallrats, and she's also the lead in uh, Chasing Amy. So. There is still a Kevin Smith connection here that is not wrong. So <laughs> Weird. Um, and, of course, we also have an Empire Records connection. Um, yes, Rory. Rory, with our, who would be Lucas. Um, Why is Matthew McConaughey not listed under the cast? He is. He's re- he's right up there. Well, I mean, he's listed like uh, in, under stars, but like when I actually scored under the cast. When you're on cast, the he's not there. Interesting. He's not. Mila's there. I mean, he's stricken from the yeah. record. He's not a main character. He has some major moments, and obviously the all right, all right, all right comes from this movie. Ben Affleck, too, is not a main character in this, but he is. He has a prominent arc. I mean, there's this is an ensemble cast, so there's really the main character, I would say, is the kid, right? Uh, Mitch. Mitch Wiley Wiggins, which I don't know if he's ever done anything else. Doesn't look like it. Um, nothing big, at least. He's in the faculty, but as an extra from the look of it. So. Oh. Um, but I, I've actually rewatched this movie, I think, like twice this summer. It's been on HBO or, or Showtime or something, and I'll just throw it on whenever it's on. Um, I don't think I've watched it from beginning to end this summer, but I've watched, like, you know, I'll jump in for an hour or half an hour. It's it's such a it's such an easy movie to do that because it's so many different little vignettes stitched together. You know, like, these this is happening here, and then this affects that thing over this time, and this happens, and it's just, it's just a, you know, it's a good movie. I, I still enjoy it very much. Um so I yeah I th- I thought about it and like you said it's it's if to me this would have been on like uh, the f- summer movies or something because it is that first day of summer vacation, but it is about school like in every aspect. I mean they're being hazed for joining, which I was I think I saw this when I was in middle school, so I was terrified <laughs> of terrified? going to high school. I was, um, I was like I'm gonna get whipped with a paddle. What's happening? <laughs> no. um, so yeah, uh, not something you want to see. Early on, man, I didn't realize Jason London and Jeremy London are they twins or are they they're twins? I did not know this. That does explain why he looks so much like the guy from All Rats. All right. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't handle this conversation. You know, I, I had never heard You're of this there. movie until I was doing some research on for my list. Oh really? Yeah, and I just kind of stumbled upon it. Oh well, this I've is never seen it. Critically uh, acclaimed, um, seventy-eight Metacritic. I'm pretty sure. This is what made Linklater a household name as far as, like, directors go. Um, it is 
a throwback to the 70s. Um, and then his movie, which could be on someone's list as well, from uh, two years ago, Everybody Wants Some, is a spiritual sequel to this movie. It is not the same characters, and it's actually in the 80s. So this movie set in the 70s. The Everybody Wants Some is set in the 80s, but very much in the same vein about, you know, it's, it's even a summer movie because it's him going from high school to college, and it's uh, he's on the baseball team. So it's, it's very much a bro movie. Um, but some people really fell, fell in love with Everybody Wants Some, too. I did not. I, I thought it was fine. I just didn't think it was as great. But this one, check out, Ben. It does have a lot of uh, pot smoking in it, um, hence the, the name even. <laughs> but it's not – I wouldn't say it's about that. It's more about, like, wonder, the 70s spirit of, like, free love. And I wonder that if that's uh, the connection between um, Joey Lauren Adams and uh, Kevin Smith for going to that movie. Um, Kevin Smith did not sm- start smoking pot until he directed right, um, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, according to well, his autobiography. Disregard that joke, then. And Seth Rogen, <laughs> who introduced him to the drug. Um, but uh, good pick, Corey. I definitely, um, I'm glad it's on someone's list. It's a movie that people, I think, are very fond of. Um, I think the movie I'm about to talk about, most people will probably not have seen. But it's one that I loved quite a bit for a while. And uh, my number three is... It used to be uh, listed as National Lampoons, but currently it's, it, they've dropped the National Lampoons off of the IMDb, and it's just called Van Wilder. Everyone oh. thought I was going to say Animal House because that's the National Lampoon school movie most people love. I don't think I've ever seen Animal House, to be honest, um, which is probably going to get me some hate mail. But um, Well, I'll just go ahead and jump in. Contact at BurgerViews.com. <laughs> contact at burgerviews.com <laughs> um this might be the only movie where tara reed is any good and so oh. van wilder alone holds that uh sharknado is good proof to my point um but it stars ryan reynolds who i was a fan of from his tv show uh, uh the guy a girl in the pizza place i want to point out right away this movie has a 26 on metacritic <laughs> but it's not a movie for the critics this is a it's a college raunchy comedy and it's raunchy um, at some very specific moments, particularly uh, the cream-filled donuts, which I'll talk about briefly uh, as clean as I possibly can. It stars also Cal Penn, um, who would later be in uh, the Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle movies. Um, and he was had a short stint on How I Met Your Mother. Um, it has Tech Holmes, which should give you an idea of the other cast, because Tech Holmes, if that name sounds familiar but you can't think of what he's from... He was from the real world. He was on Real World Hawaii, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm a little ashamed that I know that. And uh, g- somehow got to be a co-star in this movie, although does a pretty good job in the role. I mean, he's basically just playing tech. Paul Gleason, um, which is one of the, my favorite parts of this, is if you remember, he is uh, in The Breakfast Club. He's the teacher. Well, he's the college professor here that pushes Van Wilder to be a, um, a better, you know, to well, to graduate. If you don't know, I haven't even talked about the premise of this. Van Wilder is about a, um, a popular kid on campus who is afraid to move on. So he's afraid to graduate college. So he keeps purposely not graduating so he can stay in college and not have to deal with the real world. Now, that's based on a real person. Um, you may be familiar with the stand-up comedian um, Burt Kreischer. Th- this movie is based on his life. Burt Kreischer, uh, was, I think he has a book called The Party, Party Planner, Party Guy. I can't think of what it was called. But he went to Florida State and took longer to graduate than you're supposed to because he was having too much fun being in college. Um, and he, if you watch his stand-up, he has some really great stories talking about some of those years. But I didn't know that for years. I found this movie, uh, by coincidence, again, I was a fan of, of Ryan Reynolds, and I've been a fan of Ryan Reynolds since this movie. 
Um, still, even despite the Green Lantern movie, I, I've always tried to support him, and I was very happy that Deadpool was a success. Hitman's Bodyguard is also pretty great. Um, and I haven't watched Man Wilder in a long time. Oh, Simon Helberg is in this, who's on Big Bang Theory. Aaron Paul is in Van Wilder, which I oh. did not know. Um, he's he's listed as Wasted Guy. Uh, <laughs> so there's some actors who got you know their start here, probably. I, again, I don't remember Aaron Paul in anything before Breaking Bad. So, um, But I, I haven't seen this in years, although there's still a quote that I say from this movie, and it's, uh, worrying is like sitting in the rocking chair. Sure, you're doing something, but you're not really getting anywhere. And I've always, I've always found some solace in that quote. But it's a funny movie. Um, there's a love story, but uh, you know him and Tara Reid, um, the relationship between him and the prince, uh, the the professor. I found, you know, familiar. It's very you know staple t- uh, movie. But I don't know his style of humor always worked for me. So I, when I was thinking about this movie, I was like, you know what? It, it's a movie that I have a lot of fond memories about. It's one that many people may have slept on, especially if you were looking at the reviews because the reviews are not positive. And I don't know if it holds up. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I mean, it's only 15 years old, but it may have you know lived its time. Uh, they did try to force two sequels down our throats that I never watched um, with that feature. His uh, feature, Cal Penn, who is his um, intern because he has interns because uh, he's, again, not a normal college student. Um, it's, it, you know, it's ridiculous. It's funny, but if you like Ryan Reynolds, I feel like he kind of, his, his, uh, kind of dry sarcasm is really at, at on display here. And again, Tara Reed's tolerable. I keep forgetting she's in the American pie movies too, but she, you know, I wouldn't say she's the highlight of those, but she's not bad in those. She doesn't, she hasn't quite lost her mind yet. Cause I think at some point she just fried her brain, but, um, I'm sorry, Tara Reed, but, <laughs> oh, no. um, that's my number three, and I'm taking it. I'm right. Neither of you have ever seen that? No, I have not. Yep. Again, it's raunchy, uh, and I do want to talk about the donuts. So, oh, gosh. Tara Reed, her character has a boyfriend who's a very jerk-type character, and um, I think it's played by Daniel Cosgrove, um, and he's a frat guy. And to get uh, – he does something to Van, so to get back at him, um, he sends over – a set of donuts like these uh delicious cream filled donuts and the guys eat the donuts and they're having uh, they're just having a way too good a time eating the donuts before they get to the bottom of the basket and see the pictures that van wilder has left him um of how those donuts got cream filled it's gross but i won't tell you exactly how gross i'll let you find that out for yourself if you decide that that's something you got to see so that is my number three. Let's move into Ben's number two, which I'm sure is a lot less raunchy than what I just kind of described. And I'm very prepared for this one now. <laughs> uh, so this is probably, as, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most underrated movies ever. Oh. Um, and it was actually uh, recommended to me by uh, Birkenfield himself. And, and uh, I, I think it's excellent. <laughs> do you already know what it is? No, no. Okay, really. okay. Um it's uh, 2015's uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Ah, makes perfect sense. Yes. Uh, and it's a it's about a high school a high school student named Greg who spends most of his time making parodies of classic movies with his coworker Earl, uh, and finds that his outlook uh, finds his outlook forever altered after befriending a classmate who has just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, this really, as soon, the, the night I watched it. Uh, I think I actually watched this and uh, 
the way way back in the same night. Oh, um, nice. I like the I pair those together a lot. Oh yeah, I think just two weeks two weeks ago you had the way way back on mm-hmm. your list. I think. Yep. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yes. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Um. It it's not probably not in my top ten, but I definitely put it in my top twenty. Um. And uh, it's a heavy it's a heavy drama. Um. I mean it's it's with about lots, with lots of comedy. Oh though. yes, yes. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say that. So. Uh, Sorry. No, you're good. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's about a, a high school student who, who befriends a classmate who just got diagnosed with cancer. So it's obviously a, a very um, emotional movie uh, or towards yeah. it, towards the back half. Um, but it does a good job at um, breaking, I guess, the the tension or the um, I guess yeah, the sadness. The drama. In it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that's the best way to say it. Um, with uh, with some uh, witty humor. Throughout, so it has a uh, 74 uh, Metascore, uh, 7.8 on IMDb, and an 82 on Rotten Tomatoes, but only grossed 6.7 million dollars. Super indie. I don't know what its budget was, but I would imagine eight it was eight. Eight. oh, it was eight. Uh, you just said that. I apologize. I was looking at the actors because I want to. I'm planning what I'm gonna say um, instead of listening, which is bad hosting oh, skills. I, d- so. I didn't say it. So you're, you're oh, good. you didn't? Nope. Well, then never mind. Uh, I apologize for no reason. So. Um, R.J. Seiler, who plays Earl, which is uh, a lot of the comedic relief because of his um, the way he says things. He delivers dialogue a lot of times one word. Um, like, like I'm not gonna say it. I was I was tempted to say it, but I'm not. But I've I've taught this movie. Um, I think two years now. Um, and you know my students almost always love it. Uh, it's they always love Earl. Um, they often get very mad at Thomas Mann's character Greg, and rightfully so. Uh, that's part of the film. I love that Nick Offerman's his father, and I love him in this movie. Um, in this movie, it opened my eyes to some films that I hadn't really heard of because of uh, the hit Greg and Earl's love of these kind of obscure indie films um, or foreign films. Even and, um, John Bernthal. As well. And John Bernthal, oh. who plays the history teacher, uh, who uh, this is after he was Shane on Walking Dead, mm-hmm. before he was Punisher on Daredevil Season 2. And, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff outside of those things, but I really enjoy him. Small role, but powerful role in this. It's also the first time I'd ever heard of fa, uh, fa or fo, as I call it, because it's P-H-O, and that's how I insist it has to be pronounced. But um, that is a Vietnamese soup that I've become a big fan of over the last year and a half, but that was one of the first times I'd ever uh, really heard anything about it. Molly Shannon gives a creepy performance as... Um, as uh, Rachel's mother um, and Olivia Cook, who is a terrific actress. I actually saw both Thomas Mann and Olivia Cook's uh, new films at the Florida Film Festival this year. Olivia Cook's film was fantastic. Did not get distribution to my knowledge. Um, and Thomas Mann's film, uh, Some Freaks, was a huge letdown. Uh, started okay and got worse and ended miserably. Um, did not care for that movie unfortunately and rj seiler has had the biggest recent film because he was the uh blue power ranger in the new power ranger movie um which was pretty cool and he was also the comedic relief in that film um but it's a film that um i've heard some critics kind of get sour on because it is very quirky it's very much aware that it's an indie film Mm -hmm. but i love those things and i tend to like that type of movie it has a 74 metacritic i don't know if you said that or not but uh well deserved it's a movie that um i think I don't remember what first drew my attention to it, but I know, Corey, you came across it about the same time that I did. 
Um, I wonder, because um, I couldn't remember if it was you or Brendan that told me to watch this movie, but I, I think it was Brendan, and that's probably, I'm thinking, maybe how you. Um, no, I, I, oh, I think no. I, I saw the cover, and it looked like something I would be into for some reason. Oh, I was I was I seeking, saw it in the theater. I did not. I, I was not able to see it until it came out oh. on DVD. But I think I bought it um, outright on DVD um, without having seen it. But I, I was convinced that it was going to be my type of movie. And I was right. It, it clicks with me very much. I've become such a uh, huge uh, Nick Offerman fan mm. that it's even his name. role in this movie, how it's not very like small, cause it, but it's not. It's also not main. Right. It, he's always in the background. Um, was uh, I was thoroughly in I thoroughly enjoyed it. I should Even say. we didn't mention, but Connie Britton um, is his mother, and she's on Nashville, which my wife is a really big fan of. And, uh, and American Horror Story. Oh yes, Friday, yeah, Friday Night Lights. First season. And then um, Mason Holden, I believe. Uh, yeah, Mason. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the guy who was on um, Victorious? Who? No, maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I What's thought there was the kid that was. Uh, no, this is him. I'm pretty sure. There's a kid from this t- Nickelodeon TV series, Victorious. Uh, he was the the kid with the uh, the puppet. Oh, it's not Ilfil though. That's the wrong kid. What is? It's the other. It's the the Scott. It's Matt Bennett. That's the actor's name. Matt Bennett is the actor from Victorious. Um, he plays Scott Mayhew. He's the uh, the goth kid in Me and Earl and Dying Girl, which my students love that well, little bit. I don't think I made that yeah you don't because he's almost unrecognizable until you once you see like oh my god of course it's him but i did not pick that (laughs) up but sorry my students love that because most of them grew up watching victorious so all right uh great pick i'm glad that's one i influenced um all right Corey, i think we're at your number two what you got okay so this one is gonna seem like it's coming out of left field because um well a i feel like i've been kind of not living up to you know whatever because i haven't had a horror movie on Oh. At least the last list. <laughs> um, this is 1974's Black Christmas. Ah, I've it never takes seen place. This. Sorry? I've never seen this, but it's on my list. Oh, um, it takes place in a sorority house. And um, I didn't know until today when I was researching that this uh, was some of the, um, oh my God, words today. Um, it influenced um, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, yeah, it's, but, it's credited as, I think, one of the first slasher flicks, even though Halloween's <laughs> usually thought of as the first slasher flick. And I don't know how I came across this movie a few-ish years ago. It was just reissued on uh, DVD and Blu-ray last year um, by Scream Factory, I think. But oh. I, it, it never reveals who the killer is. Um, he just starts picking off girls that live in the sorority and it is kind of that um we all know the fable uh the babysitter that's um you know taking care of these kids and she keeps getting these breathy phone calls and finally the police officers are police are able to like trace it and it's coming from inside the house get out of the house and um that definitely uh takes place in this movie but um i think it's a fun movie fun um. <laughs> yeah. i don't always love slashers because i think sometimes and it's ridiculous it's totally ridiculous but i feel like if you like horror movies at all it's worth watch yeah it's again it's one i've been wanting to get to um how would you compare is it as insane as texas chainsaw or is it much more toned down 
Um, well, I, mm, <laughs> I feel like that is a hard comparison. Well, they're both listed as like the founding slasher films along with like Psycho and stuff. I don't know. Texas Chainsaw, which is considered by many to be like a perfect film, didn't work movie. for me at all when I watched it last year. And not, and I like horror films and I'm not, it's just, it just felt like it was crazy for being, for the sake of being crazy and it never, <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, there's like all kinds of cannibalism and like about you know like he has a face mask mm -hmm. you know um this one i did want to mention that i really like that with so many um like horror films the killer has like one type of weapon they kind of stick to but in this one that's not the case ah, uh yeah there's a hook there's a knife there's one girl gets suffocated with, you know, he sounds like he's setting up all the future slasher films. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey, like, I know you did go. last summer. Well, when you, you murder take somebody every possible way, <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, it's true. That's that's a valid point. When you've hit them all, it's likely someone else will use the same tool. But the, uh, it's the, hard not to. Well, I mean, like Michael has his big knife, and Jason has his machete. That's the classic. Now they both use other weapons to kill, but those are their iconic weapons. Right. Like if you see someone dressed as them, that's they're gonna have a, machi a machete. A machete. I almost said machete, which is a different <laughs> character. Um, but um, yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, I, I need to watch more horror films. I feel like it's a genre that I thought I was versed in and have become painfully aware of how much I'm like, I've seen a lot of the mainstream horror films that people associate with the genre, but I've not seen many, many, many of the well-regarded indie horror films. Um, then again, the indie horror films that I have seen that are well-regarded, I tend to not connect with, uh, again, I'm gonna try Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, but I was really disappointed with that movie last year. Like I was, I went in like, all right, this is gonna be awesome, epic, and it might be, it might have suffered from the hype that I heard way too much about it for me to fall into it. Um, and mm -hmm. I would, I wasn't like, I wish I could say like it, it grossed me out or it freaked me out, but it, that's not it. That's not the problem. Like I'm not, I'm not opposed to that type of content in a film because I appreciate what it is. Like it's art. It's not necessarily, you know hey this is how we should be it's not doing that so mm -hmm. i don't take it that way so i don't know what it was it just even like when she you know the scene Corey, when the girl runs <laughs> through the window yeah that part made did we watch it together i don't think so i don't think you were <laughs> home here i now. love it i wish you were home Corey. Um, i love it and then you didn't love it and it's hard when i like suggest movies that i love because yeah, i feel like they're just gonna fall so short i can see with like bram stoker's and in interview with a vampire you feeling that way but with texas chainsaw that is many many people's favorite horror film so that is not that's on me that's me not clicking with it for some reason and it could have been i was just not in the right mindset when i watched it maybe or maybe i wasn't watching it for the right reasons um, and again I think that it absolutely lives up to it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't think that anyone has any miss, you know. And that maybe I went in expecting to feel, I don't know, when I was a kid and I went into a horror movie, I was terrified like all the time. Yeah. And now I find, like as Annabelle, I was expecting to feel something. Like I felt moments of terror in Lights Out last year. I didn't, I don't think I ever felt scared in Annabelle. Um, and I still feel like the atmosphere right yeah, I was creeped out at times, but I never was like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't. I can't do horror movies. <laughs> and maybe that's I've seen. Let's keep talking about too, them to make yeah. men uncomfortable. No, no I mean, no, it's not like not talking about it. But like if you, if if we're ever, or I should say, if you guys are ever in a movie theater 
and it just happens to be a horror movie and you hear the one guy in the theater going, well, why would you go open the door? Don't be <laughs> stupid. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, and that's, that's what I do when I get scared. We, we have to generally most horror films. You have to take logic out of the equation and enjoy the spectacle because um, it's almost the same thing. Like with Fast and the Furious, you can't apply logic to right. mu- much of what they do. It's just the spectacle. But, but that's just that's that's just what I do to make myself feel better in the situation. Uh, okay, that's a valid point. Um, I will say though, this uh, the Black Christmas poster is awesome, and I love it. Oh, interesting. I don't even remember what it was. was uh, but now I want to go you. look at it. But okay, yeah, it's like that's the, easy. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. They oh, remade it, creepy. but I, have, I haven't seen that's the remake good, that came uh, out in 2006. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anyone remembers that they did the remake. I also remember it because I was like, Black Christmas, that's a weird name for a movie. Um, and then I heard someone talking about it on a podcast recently. I don't remember which podcast. And I was like, the from 2006? And they're like, 74. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that a remake? So... I don't think the remake's probably worth Whoa. checking out. But. but the remake, hold on a second, has Michelle Trachtenberg, which wasn't she in, um, hold on a second, I, I think, need to pull it up. I, is that um, Dan? Dan Trachtenberg is the director from 10 Cloverfield Lane, if I'm not right. mistaken. I wonder if there's a connection there. She was in Weeds. Um, she oh. was in some, She dang it, what was that show that I loved? Um, she was in Six Feet Under. Um, but also it has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Yes, that I did know, actually. And Lacey Chabert. Oh, that's um, Fetch Girl, right, from uh, mean, yeah. mean Girls? My uh, father, the inventor of the toaster strudel. Now, to be fair, though, she since then has fallen into Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, so oh, I, no. I don't know. Yeah, she, I've, I've watched at least four of her Hallmark Christmas movies with my wife over okay. the last two years. Maybe three. It's three or four. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, she's still good though i have to say she's not a bad actress but the movies are awful as hallmark movies generally are all right i'm gonna go to my number two um so we're movies about back uh, about school but essentially back to school but i thought there's no better movie than a movie where the kid loves his school so much he goes out of his way to to try to improve life at the school and more I don't think I've ever had a Wes Anderson movie on my top five, despite being a huge Wes Anderson oh. fan. Um, I, he always gets bumped off because most of his I've only seen once. But this movie I've seen many, many times, and it's it's one of my favorites. And I do list this as my favorite Wes Anderson film, and it's Rushmore from 1998. Um, this is the introduction, I believe, of Jason Schwartzman. Uh, I don't know if he did another uh, movie before this movie, but this is where I remember seeing him for the first time. I remember being a kid and seeing the trailer and – there was a part in the trailer that uh, it's him and Bill Murray sitting at a table, and then Luke uh, Luke Evans is that no, not Luke Evans, Luke Wilson, um, and the girl Olivia Williams are sitting there, and uh, he goes, "Nice pajamas, guy," and he's like, "They're OR scrubs," and he he just calmly, dryly goes, "Oh, are they?" And as a kid, it killed me. <laughs> I thought it was dumb, but I died. I was like, "That is hilarious." And Bill Murray also dies laughing, which made me laugh even harder because I love Bill Murray. I'm a huge huge bill murray fan um so i didn't see it then though um i didn't see the movie then it would be probably 10 to 15 years later that i would finally see rushmore um and it, i loved it and i still love it every time i watch it i love it more um it, it's just it's amazing it's tragic at times it's funny it has everything if you're if you've seen any wes anderson movie this is the movie that he introduces all of his quirkiness and um Again, Jason Schwartzman's character, Max Fisher, loves his school. The school's name is Rushmore. So the name of the movie is the name of the high school that he attends. Um, 
and he he gets taken out of his school because of of he falls in love with a younger uh, not a younger teacher but a teacher from a younger grade she teaches in elementary school and obviously he can't date a teacher but he does things and he gets in trouble and then there's this cool like kind of almost killing each other prank war between him and bill murray um that is excellent uh there he he writes plays um he starts all these different clubs i mean there's so much it's so wes anderson i can't stress that enough but um every time this is on i have to watch it i absolutely adore this film and i thought what better place to finally talk about it than on our movies about schools because it's titled after the school in the movie you know this is uh co-written by owen wilson Yes, uh, Owen and him, uh, and this is not Wes Anderson's first movie. Wes Anderson did a movie called Bottle Rocket that also stars Owen. They were college uh, su- students, and I think maybe roommates together. Um, and Owen is involved with almost all of his projects to some degree, but they were writing partners on Bottle Rocket and this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Luke Wilson, who is also Owen's brother, shows up in a lot of his movies as well. Uh, Corey, I know you, you're an Anderson fan. I'm not sure what your, your feeling is on Rushmore. This is one of the very few of his I have not seen. <gasps> really? Gasps of surpri- surprise. I yeah, I haven't seen surprised. this one. Because um, you, bu- you bought me Bottle Rocket for uh, my birthday or Christmas. I haven't seen that one either. But you bought it for me. Um, on I Criterion did. even. I, I got a fancy Blu-ray um, Criterion from you for that. And I love I love that movie. And that was actually when I got to see that movie. Um, oh, and I always forget there's a third Wilson brother. Did you know that, Ben? Andrew. Andrew. Uh, he is in a bunch of stuff, too. He's also in Whip It, which I'm a big fan of. It's an Ellen Page film. Uh, Drew Barrymore directed film. Um, but I had, I never realized that there was a third one until that movie. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, man, Corey, you got to check this movie out. It is it is fantastic. Um, again, I slept on it for a long time. But uh, they also did uh, the MTV Movie Awards that year. Um, yeah. Anderson directed all the little sketches that they did that they do like they usually mimic other movies or like parody other movies and it was uh, set in the world of Rushmore where Max Fisher had rewritten the movies as plays and that was like their vignettes through that MTV Movie Awards all of those are available I think on one of the Blu-rays um, probably the Criterion I would imagine if it is on Criterion which I think I it think is. that it is um, but yeah uh, I love it and Ben I know you haven't seen it yet either right no I have not. I did show it. I have not taught this film yet. I, I think I'm going to teach it this year, though. Um, I did show it to uh, a group two years ago. We were trying to get Bill Murray to come and talk to us at the school. That was a, a goal we had. Did not work out, unfortunately. But we um, took to our lunch period to watch Bill Murray movies throughout the year. And this was one of the ones that I showed, which works for the most part. There is um, a scene uh, where there's like a bunch of nude pictures on a wall is part of the set of a play and I had forgotten that. And so that was a little awkward, but, um, I was like, Oh, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, but, um, there's no actual nudity in the movie outside of those pictures, but there is, uh, some sexual themes because of the connection with, um, the teacher. But yeah, one, you guys got to definitely check out. And there was also, um, one last thing, uh, Rushmore is a private school and, he tells everyone like that his dad is like this successful guy, but his dad's a barber. He's like just a straight barber. He owns his barber shop, but he's a barber, and that's part of him coming coming to terms with being ex- comfortable who he is. He's not this big, you know. All the people around him are like you know secondary generation rich kids, and he feels kind of ashamed of who his dad is. And by the end of the movie, he has to kind of come to terms with that, and it's it's touching. There's a touching moment there um, as well. It's. It's great. I absolutely love this movie. So Rushmore is my number two. 
Uh, we're into our number ones. Ben, what have you got on your number one spot? I have. Uh, <laughs> it's another another great movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and obviously, in my opinion, obviously, um, but it's another Robin Williams movie. Um, obviously, not Goodwill Hunting, but Dead Poet Society. Uh, and it's about an English teacher uh, named John Keating, who inspires his teacher his students uh, to look at poetry with a different perspective of authentic knowledge and feelings. Um, and it, of course, uh, stars Robin Williams and Ethan Hawke and the guy off of House, who I can never remember his name. Robert Sean Leonard, I think. Okay. Yes. Yep. Um, as uh, two of his students. Um and it, speaking of Bill Murray, I found out uh, in doing some research on Dead Poet Society that he was actually considered for Robin Williams' role. Yeah. Wow, that would um, have been very different. He and uh, Liam Neeson actually were both up for the for that. Um, but no, this is uh, one of his. Actually, in his in Robert Robin Williams' opinion, was his uh, one of his favorite films that he's ever done. And he actually considered uh, Peter Ware, uh, who was the director, um, he considered him uh, the best director he's, he'd ever worked with. Wow. Um, oh. So, and of course, there's that the, the one extremely famous line um, that really, uh, after Robin Williams' uh, passing, um, really took to a whole other level of fame was, uh, oh, Captain, my captain. Yeah, definitely. Um so yeah, uh, Dead Poet Dead Poet Society's my number one on um, my list. Corey, do you have anything to add? I need to watch this. I've only seen oh. bits and pieces of it. Horrible person. Well, I'm gonna jump ahead of you, Corey, and this is also my number one, Ben. Uh, Dead Poet Society is my number one movie, and I picked it um, specifically because of Robin Williams. And I think as a teacher, that his in the way he inspires his class is what I think all of us want. We all want our kids to not only um, find passion for what they are interested in, but also to um, to to view life differently, to seize the day, as he says many times in the movie. Um, I had not seen this until last year, though. Um, this was one of the movies that I, when I started the challenge, it, I knew I was going to watch it, because like, it's a movie I'd always heard about. Teachers, have, teachers love this movie because... It's about passion of, of knowledge, learning for once, instead of it just being standardized tests and, you know, do what I say. It's it's beyond that. It's a, it's finding that joy of, of knowledge. And um, I'm surprised, Corey, you haven't seen it because of Ethan Hawke, too, because you are, if I'm not mistaken, an Ethan Hawke fan. I um, am. But, and you even get, you get Kurtwood Smith, who is uh, Red on that 70s show, and he's a villain in RoboCop, and he's in a bunch of other stuff. But Laura Flynn, Flynn Boyle's in the movie. Um Although her scenes were deleted, uh, apparently I'm just scrolling through IMDb here, but um, it's there's some really memorable scenes in this movie. There is a, there are some sad moments in this film as well, um, so it is a drama. But there are there are some laughs in the film, and it I think from the student perspective, um, you know these kids are uh, they're it's an all boys school. They're predominantly rich or wealthy in some capacity. That's why they're at this kind of private i'm pretty sure it's a private school i think so um and like you their lives are you know not perfect despite having money and despite having these things and um yet they try to put out that facade that they are like that everything's good and that's uh one of the themes that's addressed in the movie and it's 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 really powerful um 
I think Corey is one of those that'll make you ugly cry. Um, so be, oh, be God. warned. So but, I'm never watching it. No, you ugly cry at movies all the time. Come on. <laughs> <I know>. really <laughs> is, movies that I probably shouldn't. This really is a must see. Yeah, this this is definitely one. I wish I had not waited so long to see it. I do think I might have saw it when I was like too young to understand what I was watching because it came out in '89, and my mom was not not shy about taking me to movies that maybe I shouldn't go see. Um, even though it's rated PG, uh, still like it's 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 heavy. It's a heavy movie to take like a five year old or a seven year old to. But I feel like I might have saw it even like on TV when I was a kid and just never, you know, didn't didn't get what I was seeing though. You know, I didn't process what was happening, but. Um, I'm glad I rewatched it last year, and it's a movie that is also probably going to get taught this year um, in my class. And really quick, let me just give the uh, stats, unless I already did. Did I? I don't think so. Uh, 79 on Metascore, or 79 Metascore on Metacritic. Uh, 7.8 on IMDb. That's but interesting. Why is it 8? That's not true. I swear it was just 7.8 <laughs> earlier I just, today. I just rated it. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, a, oh, it's because I'm reading the wrong one. Yes, 8.0 on IMDb okay. and 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it, it's a movie, Corey, that I, I definitely want you to check out. It is fantastic. All right, that leads us. That was my one, number one and Ben's number one, and I think that might be the first time we've had a, a movie overlap. I think so. Um, so, Corey, we get to the end with you uh, after all of that. So what is your number one? <laughs> totally different than that one. Um, I have said this, talked about this one on the list before, but I feel like it's very iconic. And as a – I'm not going to say how old I was when this movie came out um, – Definitely still sticks with me. Um, it's 1995's Clueless. Ah. I love it so much. Um, Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstone, I'll say what I want. Um, as Cher, Paul, baby Paul Rudd. Baby um, Paul Rudd. <laughs> baby Paul Rudd. And then, um, and now I'm blanking out on all the... Uh, oh, there's so many great actors in this. Uh, Stacey yeah. Dash, Brittany Stacey Murphy, Dash. Dan, Don, Donald Faison. Um, Eliza Donovan, but Brecken Meyer, who I constantly forget that he's in movies, and then I'll see like because I know him from I always think Road Trip when I think of him. That's the movie he's like the I think one of his only leading roles where he's the guy. Um, but he's the skater in Clueless, and then he shows up in a. I just saw him in something else that I had no clue he was in, and I had seen before, mind you. And I was like, oh man, I forgot that guy was in this. Um, and then Dan Hedaya, uh, who is um, a villain in Blood Simple from the Coens that I just watched oh. recently. Um, plays the dad Wallace Shawn, who is in the Princess Bride and has some great moments in this movie. I mean, and yeah. I love, I love, and when you were saying that, it's going down the list too. Um, Twink Kaplan, who plays Mrs. Geist. Mm-hmm. I love those two toge- together. Um, Jeremy Sisto in this as Alton before he became the crazy brother. Um, isn't he the crazy brother? In uh, dang it, Six Feet Under. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love this movie so much, and I had yeah. Well, um, I'm glad you had it on the list because this is a movie that's on my honorable mentions. It's a film that I think uh, I constantly anyone who likes Mean Girls, I'm always like, you got to check out Clueless in because it is kind of the first take on that that type of story. It's not the same movie by any means, but a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same commentary um, about that social hierarchy because this in. Mean Girls, we we start off with a girl who isn't a mean girl, who becomes one and then regrets it. And Clueless, we join the mean girls. That's who's our main characters. They're not nearly as mean, mind you, but, but they're they, still, you know. And they're trying to bring, um, what's her name, Brittany Murphy's character into... The fold. Yeah. Um, but honestly, versus like Mean Girls, there's, there's some 
you never really know what uh, Rachel McAdams' character's intention is with Lindsay Lohan's character, but there's clearly she doesn't really want to make her popular, but at the same <laughs> time, but and that that's um, this movie deals a lot with that the idea of popularity and uh, you know high school expectations versus like what really works. It, it's it's still funny um, after all these years. You know, twenty two years. I can't believe it's that old. Um, this was a movie too that much like Scream that I my cousin Kimberly um kind of forced me to watch because i had my own tv and i had a vcr so whenever she couldn't have the living room tv she would be like can we watch this and i'd usually be like fine because i secretly loved it but i would try to act like i didn't like it because it, it was it didn't it never felt like it was made for a guy audience um which is dumb but that was that 90s you know paranoia of of people saying you were you were gay when you weren't because everyone did that all the time in the 90s and um you would become like a pariah if that happened so um at the time, I think I was afraid to admit that I like this, and now I'm like, no, this movie's fantastic. I don't know what was wrong with high school version of me or pre-high school version of me by two years. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, but now, no, not at all. I, I I praise this film. I love Paul Rudd. I'm I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. Generally, if he's in something, I will give it a chance. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it, but I will watch it. Um, even he did a movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon like two years after this, um, Overnight Delivery, I think is what it's called. That's mediocre at best, but I like because Paul Rudd's funny, and I like Paul Rudd. I just love him, and I'm having a hard time dealing with the fact that he's apparently only three years younger than my mother. So wow. Well, I mean, just because he's he's playing a college guy in this movie, so yeah, that that kind of ages him a bit. And then he's on Friends for a while as Phoebe's, uh, you know, fiance. I'm a if if you don't know this about me, Ben, I am a Friends junkie. Um, I did not know that. I, I have watched Friends. I think probably at least 10 times completely um all 10 seasons <laughs> never seen an episode i i can't it, it is a it's i wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure it's almost like oxygen for me at this point like i need an episode a day to stay alive so um so it's like an episode a day keeps the doctor away sort of uh it is something i i tend to throw on and i'm not saying it's the best show ever it just really works for me um and it, i find it as a it, it calms me down like some people come home and they have a drink after work I come home and I watch my friends go to Central Perk and I'm content. Care for your liver. <laughs> and obviously it worked for a lot of people because it was on air for a long time. And True. I mean, there was the Jennifer Aniston haircut, so it yep. didn't just work for you. True. Yeah. No, no question. Well, and oh. You can see uh, different, like, I guess, characteristics, as it were, of friends and other sitcoms even oh, yeah. today, like. Uh, inspirations they pulled from it so well at the very least the uh the business side of it because this the the cast of friends i think was one of the first cast to work their contracts correctly where they all got super rich because of it because sitcoms that came before a lot of times the actors would get almost nothing like saved by the bell mm. that that show made so much money but the actors got almost nothing for what they did um on the show and uh but before we get too far into that ben i did have you ever seen clueless no, I have not. In fact, I've never even heard of it. What year were you born? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I wasn't born when this came out. I was, That's a, I I was 96. That's, uh, it was close. It was right around the corner. Um, so this is a movie you should you should check out. Uh, it is, it's funny. Uh, it has a lot of insights about high school life. And it's, they are seniors, if I'm not mistaken. They're getting ready to go to college. Um, but it's, you know, there's it's just good. Uh, I can't remember. I had a teacher. Because this is a... Um, Shakespeare adaptation, isn't it? Isn't it oh, based on something? Maybe. I can't remember for sure. Um now I but one of a teacher who's not a film teacher at my school 
a couple of years ago was looking for this to show for some reason. I can't remember. I feel like it was a history teacher for like cultural um, changes from then to now or something like that. But I happen to, you know, I have a lot of movies in my classroom at all times. And so I, I loaned that out to them. I can't remember what he was showing it for, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I hope it holds up. Um, it's one I'm I'm actually probably going to show. I might companion it with Mean Girls because most of my kids have seen Mean Girls, but have either like you not heard of this or have not seen this. So, it, while it's not identical, I think there is a lot to uh, to compare to the two of them. And um, Amy Heckerling is the director of Clueless, who also did Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a movie I need to see again and look who's talking she wrote um which i haven't seen since I, it came out when i was a kid but it was funny at the time so that should do it for our main list before we wrap up we're going to go through some honorable mentions so ben do you have any honorable mentions for uh, movies about school i do i have uh two only two uh and one is accepted which came out in 2006, long. and it just missed out. I was really thinking about putting it at number five, but Waterboy just edged it out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just Justin Long and uh, Jonah Hill yep. are both in it. Um, and then my other is, uh, and I'm actually really surprised this was on neither of your lists, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. Uh, Love that movie. Another honorable mention of mine. I I am not a big Matthew Broderick fan, um, so while I appreciate Ferris Bueller. It doesn't it doesn't get ma- rewatched for me very much because of that. Um, it is a beloved one by many, though. Um, Corey, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Loser, The Faculty, Teaching oh. Mrs. Tingle, and Heathers. I love Loser as bad as that movie is. I don't know what I it was. I thought she was calling that. you a loser. I thought she was just saying, <laughs> I do, Loser. Uh, <laughs> no, Loser uh, with Jason Biggs and Mina Savari. Yeah, the two American Pie actors who pair off differently this time around. Once again, this is the Amy Heckerling video oh is it or a movie i, I didn't realize oh that i didn't know that um i i liked loser uh even i particularly liked the song teenage dirtbag that i think was from that movie i just got to see them a few months oh really ago. um yes. i only know that song but i really enjoy that song still anytime it's on the radio or whatever i sing along with it um i am a fan of that film it's been a while since i've seen it but i really did like it uh quite a bit his hat is so bad in that movie but it reminds scott pilgrim wears a hat similar to it mm. um and so when uh knives says are you wearing a geeky hat? He's like, it's not, or a dorky hat. And he's like, it's not dorky. Um, I'm always thinking of loser when I see that hat on him. So uh, that's one that I don't feel like a lot of people saw though. So it's cool that it's on your honorable mentions. I forgot about it. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, I think you just said one, another one that I like a lot too, that I don't remember now, but uh, yes, Heathers is uh, one. I've kind of recently just watched though. I, I, I know I saw it when I was younger, but my daughter is currently really, really into Heathers. um, My wife's influence. um, And, uh, I was. We did a, a little game at in my class the other day, and one of my students said that Heather's was a movie she loves, and I was very surprised. Uh, but it's on Netflix right now, so it's, I think it might have a little bit of a resurgence, thanks to Stranger Things too. Winona um, getting her. that role, maybe people are going to start exploring her filmography uh, if they like Stranger Things. So, my honorable mentions, I paired them up into similar type films: um, Clueless, Mean Girls, The Edge of Seventeen, and Juno, all uh, lead led by a female character, all set in high schools. Um, Juno is being one of my favorite films that I, I just didn't want to bring up yet again. Um, Dangerous Minds and Only the Strong. Those are teacher-focused uh, school movies um, with Only the Strong being a kind of straight-to-video straight movie. Um, uh, 
where the teacher uh, knows capoeira, which is a Brazilian martial art of dance. And um, he teaches his kids that are troubled and troublemakers uh, this dance. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, you can't teach them these martial arts because you're giving these thugs uh, an ability to hurt other people. But instead they learn respect and discipline. But it's okay. cheesy and bad, but I, I've always enjoyed that movie. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But then I had Super Bad and 21 Jump Street, which is funny because they're both Jonah Hill movies. But, um, you know, I like those. And then Old School uh, and American Pie. Um which I, I love the American Pie movie. Um, I don't know if it's still as funny as it was when I saw it, but when I first saw it, I was a big fan. I do want to add one real quick. Yeah. Because if I if I don't, I feel like this would be the first uh, show of yours I've been on that I haven't mentioned a Tom Hanks movie. Ah. So uh, another honorable honor, oh gosh, honorable <laughs> mention is uh, Forrest Gump. So there you go. Yeah, obviously he has. There's and well, football. you see him as a kid in school too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, you're right. There's there's school in there. There's a connection. It's there. definitely <laughs> not about school, but it's definitely uh, school is well, there. Neither is Goodwill Hunting, but uh. <laughs> well, I mean, he he's around the school. He's in a school, so <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to keep the trend yeah, going. Keep it so. going. We have to always pick on Corey. That's the uh, <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Top 5 uh, Movies. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you would like to share your Top 5 Movies about school, you can email us at contact at com. That is contact at com. Corey, what's that address again? One more time. One more time. Contact. Contact at, at <laughs> That's And not the Jodie Foster movie. We're just w- reaching out to you. Um, if you would send us your list, we might read them on the air. So please feel free to do so. Um in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey Rstar, two R's on the end. And Ben? At Benjamin H17. And we'll be back next week, everybody. Thank you. Peace. Peace.